My name is Monica Gleberman, and you're listening to Silence on Set Podcast. On today's podcast, we have Eric Peterson, the infamous Kevin McRoberts from AMC's Kevin Can F Himself. The show is a dark comedy that alternates between traditional multi-camera sitcom and a single camera drama. The show is in its final season that's currently airing now on AMC. So here to talk about what fans can expect and how the show is going to wrap up is Eric Peterson. I wanted to know how you initially got involved in the project and when reading it, how you decided to tackle the whole sitcom version of this character. My initial, you know, introduction to it was through, you know, my manager sent me a script during pilot season of 2019, I think. I I read it and I thought the title alone of Kevin Can Fuck Himself was (laughs) so gripping. I was like, whoa, what is this show? And then they're like, you're reading for Kevin? I was like, okay, tell, tell me more. And um, I read it and I thought the pilot was such a brilliant script. I loved the idea of changing formats between multicam and single cam and really sort of having uh, a point of view about the medium, you know, but still telling a story with a real arc and everything like that. It just kind of checked all the boxes of being sort of meta, but also Mm -hmm. just a good story and, you know, funny scripts and stuff. And so when they sort of explained the idea to me that, you know, Allison would always be in the multicam whenever she was with me, because my sort of orbit just caused her life to be in this for show, everything's like put upon, you know, kind of life. And then anytime she was away, she was, you know, in single cam and it was gritty and dark. And I just thought that was so cool because also I had done a lot of multicam acting in my past, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons I got the role you know because I sort of was very familiar with that style of acting what that what the rhythms of that is how big it is and it is not natural acting you know it's it is its own sort of niche style of acting um I think I I have a background in theater and so I think a lot of it comes from you know the reason I'm able to do it pretty well hopefully is that it is very theatrical and it is very broad Um, But I just thought the concept of the show was so good. And I thought, you know, this is great. So I, you know, I auditioned and uh, it, you know, eventually happened. And I was like, this is so great. And then, you know, getting to work with Annie and and everybody in the cast and crew was just, it was amazing. Loved it. For you, what was that like hearing about, you know, season two would be the final season? You know, I, I think it was the same thing for all of us as well. It was like, it's bittersweet it's like yeah sure you'd love for a show to run for nine years and you know everybody just you know does does this job forever um but also I think that by knowing that it was going to end our writers were able to write to a real ending and not sort of like we're going to sort of wrap things up but have to leave the cliffhanger and hopefully we get picked up for season three and then when you leave the season everybody's like all right hopefully see you in a couple months and you know it's like this weird awkward thing um, so I think it was good to sort of know that we were going to a, a finale point. Um, and so I think that the show is, has a really strong finale. I think people are going to really like it. I think it's going to shock people. Um, and yeah, so like, I, I, that's how we felt. We all kind of felt bittersweet. We're sad that it was ending, but also everybody felt good that we were like, all right, we can really push to an end that is clear chapter closed, book closed, 
story told. I was wondering though, as an actor, when you're reading this and you're in the sitcom version, right, of the show, in terms of living in that sitcom world, do you get ever like, you know, concerned about your character with an arc, right? Because a lot of actors, they read scripts and they're like, all right, my character is going to develop and there's going to be this whole sure. arc. There isn't that much of an arc with yeah. <laughs> kind of stays well, relatively yeah. like the same. Is that harder, easier? Like, how do you tackle that that much different than from season one? Yeah, it is. It's easy in that, like, when you're tracking the arc of a character, especially if you shoot things out of order, it can be hard to really like, okay, this is, I'm at this point here and this point here and this, and you really got to like do a lot of homework beforehand. Um, now, one of the things about sitcoms and the reason that we love sitcoms in general in America and all over the world is that the characters don't ever change. They never grow. Like if you watch Seinfeld, like George never got any better, right? Like Kramer never like, calm down jerry never like got the right girl that that's what we love about sitcoms is the situation is different every week but we know the characters and they don't change and i think that that's why we like those shows because they feel familiar we know how norm is going to act when he walks in the door at cheers like we know exactly he's going to shuffle and we like that it feels familiar so my job was to sort of even though the rest of the cast is like going through massive changes and is having total arcs and like Neil is having a total awakening and, you know, Annie's character of Allison is obviously having a major life changes. And so that's all happening around him. But sort of the point of Kevin is that he has blinders on and he just does not change at all. I think you see a little bit in like the last, you know, three, maybe four episodes of season two, he starts to like notice that people are falling away from his life and his orbit. But even that, like, it's just the slightest, like, huh, things are changing, but I'm gonna stay the same. I'm, I'm sure that everything will get back to normal. So it, it was challenging in that, like, as an actor, sure, you love the challenge of like, okay, now I'm here and growing and changing, but it was kind of fun to kind of know that Kevin does not change. Kevin stays exactly the same. Nothing that anyone else does really affects him until, it does or it doesn't. For you, although you're staying you know, relatively constant, was yeah. it hard for you in terms of the content? It's like satirical, but yet serious because the comments that he's making are not as funny, but they're told in a funny way that makes us laugh. Right. So for you dealing with those topics, was that difficult too? Because in season two, I feel like it's even more extreme. I mean, there's comments that he yeah. made that she should be cleaning and she should be taking care of that. And it gets worse. Like the kind of physical and emotional mental abuse that he kind of does even though yeah. it's told in a funny way. Yes. And that and that's sort of the tightrope that you have to walk or I had to walk on in playing this character is that yes, I had to say completely dastardly terrible things, you know, that like as a modern man I did not like saying, you know, <laughs> to a woman or to anyone. And but I knew that like the point of the show and to really get the point of the show across, I needed to lean into those moments and really put a little bite to them. And then the trick that I was always trying to manage was like, get those like really cutting terrible lines and say them with as much of a smile as you can. And then anytime that you're not giving like a really terrible line, try to be as lovable as possible. Yeah, he's dumb and he's a buffoon and all that stuff, but try to be like actually funny, try to be lovable. Because I think if you had, if, if the character had been played with this like, I'm a terrible husband and look at me and like twisting of the mustache and like wife, go get me a beard. If everything was like mean and terrible, 
then the show would just be like, oh, God, like, yeah, clearly get out of there. But I think the brilliance of the show is that hopefully in the sitcom parts, you do laugh occasionally. You're like, oh, yeah, I, OK, I shouldn't be laughing at that. That's not, you know, but like the rhythms are familiar to us and the way that they're performed. It should feel like, yes, this is like every other sitcom I've ever watched and enjoyed. But now I have a different perspective because I'm seeing how those jokes and how this behavior is affecting the people around me in their real life. So it's always sort of this like be mean and terrible, but also try to be lovable so that the audience feels hopefully at least a little bit conflicted. Yeah, and it's very conflicting. And what's interesting about it too is it almost reflects kind of like real life, right? So you have, oh. you know, on one end, you have like these jokes and people think it's funny and like you're kind of laughing and other people are laughing and maybe you shouldn't be laughing. And then when you do that gritty, like one like single cam and you see the characters and how it's being affected, you're like, wow. So we're, there's so many like things that go in your brain. Were we affected by television shows that we saw that were inappropriate? Are we affected by, oh. you know, and then, and then you just start going down like a crazy rabbit hole and yeah. you didn't hit it so well in the beginning because in season one, it didn't occur to me right away that this is her safe place, that she makes you into this kind of cartoony world as a defense mechanism. To be able to stomach it, she has to think of it as like, Okay, because I think that, you know, I think that it's very true that especially sitcoms from, you know, the 90s and before, like, there were a lot of terrible jokes made at women's expense, made at the LGBTQ uh, community's expense, made at old people's expense, made at handicapped people's expense. And we as a as a country sort of laughed it off like, oh, that was a funny joke. That was good. You know, Ooh, that was a little risque, but nobody ever felt like, man, this is really probably damaging to those people in those communities. And so, like you said, I think it, the trick was to keep him as uh, not necessarily relatable, but like hopefully charming, if, if I can use that word charming, and then make it feel like those sitcoms of the past. People like Archie Bunker. People loved Archie Bunker. He's one of the oh most God. beloved right. sitcom characters of all time. And he was terrible. You know, he was a racist you know, terrible to his wife, terrible to his kids, but like, uh, you know, it, it was played with this sort of like, oh, he's lovable, but God, why does he say those things? Why does he act that way? And I think that that's how a lot of people that are in problematic relationships, or maybe even not super problematic, but just regular relationships, see that those qualities in their partner sometimes that it's like, man, I wish they wouldn't act like that. Like, I love them half the time, but half the time, I'm like, why do you talk like that? Why do you say those things? And so it, it really was, like I said, a, a tightrope to sort of try to stay not too much in the nice guy and not too much in the jerky guy, kind of ride the right. line. Between. And then how was it for you for season two? So we're in season two, we're halfway through. Um, yeah. Obviously, it starts off with, you know, Alex's character, Neil, being pulled in to the single camera world. And we're like, oh, whoa, which was a shocker for me. I was shocked. So, of course, the big yeah. question came, are we going to see Kevin? You know, will we, won't we, we don't know, but yep. you know, that, that became like the ultimate question for the season. But for you, what was that like in terms of how the story is changing? Because it does still affect Kevin in the sitcom world. And then how does it oh. affect you as an actor in terms of playing for the rest of season two? You know, I'll say this as an actor, I, again, we, we don't know if I end up in the single camera world or not, but uh, we've seen at least five episodes through and I've not ended up there. And sure, as an actor, I would have loved to get to show like the dark, terrible truth of what Kevin is really like. But I think by him not 
being seen in the single camera. It it's sort of like that old Greek tragedy theater device of like you'd rather have the the violence off stage and then somebody comes in and talks about how terrible it was and then we as the audience can our imagination is always going to be worse than what we actually see so i think that was sort of the point of keeping all these terrible things that he's doing only we're only seeing it talked about in the single cam we're not actually seeing it and then it makes us as an audience be like oh my god kevin is the worst he's so terrible at what he's doing but then the next time we actually see him on camera he's hey how you doing I'm, you know just goofy <laughs> goofy idiot you know always say comedy is one of the hardest mediums to do you know and yeah. to not only do it but also have this underbelly of a serious show is difficult yeah. you know to begin with and then you guys were also blazing a path of something that has never been done before so it's like yeah. what do you do like so you read the script it's amazing you have all these things going on season two is coming up you have you know alex being pulled in neil being pulled into the single cam you've all these changes happening and yeah. this has never been done. So how do you forge a path like that when there's nowhere to look to other than <laughs> like single, like, yes, you could single out like sitcoms, right? You could single out dramas, but there's no show that has ever done, that's done this. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this, that that was one of the big draws to doing this show was that in Hollywood, you just, I mean, I love Hollywood, but like there are essentially no new ideas. Everything is a retread of something else, right? You, not necessarily even a reboot, but just there's only so many stories that can be told. There's only so many ways to tell those stories. And this was actually a new, fresh idea that had not been done and also seemed like everyone that read it of my like actor friends and stuff were like, of course, why did no one think of this before? It's like so obvious in front of us, but nobody ever thought to do it. And then Valerie, you know, our creative Valerie Armstrong did it. And, and now people are like, oh man, that's great. And I, I do think that there will be shows. I hope that this show has an effect on television and, and television history and like, and that other people will be inspired to storytell in these very kind of meta, interesting ways. Um, but in regards to like me and how I dealt with it, yeah, I, we didn't have anything to look towards as like, well, this is how you make this type of show. But I think that Valerie and Craig, our showrunner, did a great job from the very beginning of kind of like establishing the rules of why we would be in sitcom and why we would be in single cam. And because they stuck to those rules, it was, there seemed to be some sort of roadmap ahead of us of like, all right, this is why this scene is in sitcom and this is why this scene is in uh multi-cam or in single cam like there's a scene i think it's maybe from next week's episode that i watched last night because you can watch the a week ahead on right. uh, amc plus and there's a moment where allison is in a scene with me but i leave the room but she stays in multi-cam for like four or five seconds and it like jarred me because i was like oh oh shoot, like things are changing for her and where she's at and what does that mean? And and I, and then she like does an action and goes back to single cam. But like for a moment, she was almost being drawn into whatever the debauchery and bad behavior that is somehow swept under the rug in, sitcom, in the sitcom world. She was like being, maybe thinking of going to that world for a second, but then steps away from it. But, but that's the first time that we've seen her in multicam other than the scenes with her mom where she's in multicam without right. Kevin in the room. And I just thought like, that's such a brilliant, it's such a brilliant way of 
storytelling and and I think that people that like really love TV and really love you know TV shows and and how they're told in this sort of era of prestige television really dig those kind of choices that that our show made. It's so funny you should say that because I watched that and I and again I could put this out after it airs but I did watch that and when she's sitting on the couch and you go into the kitchen for a second I got confused because I was like why didn't we switch and because her actions right because she's starting to use Kevin to her advantage maybe not in the best way so at first I was like wait why didn't we switch and then I thought about that too and I went "Ooh, maybe she's not switching because she's starting to view herself almost like she views Kevin and it was and it's yeah. only a split I mean it's like very it's very quick. short but it's very enough quick. that it's yeah. noticeable yeah it's great that the show can still have that jarring effect you know I mean I remember when I watched the pilot I was like holy shit when that first time that it went from multi-cam to single cam it was like go I mean your brain literally doesn't know how to take the information in because it's so different um, and the fact that the show, even in its second season, you know, almost near the end of the series, still has the ability to sort of jar you with its tonal changes, I think is one of the cool parts of, uh, about it. Yeah, I'm actually really glad you brought that part up because I thought it was crazy because first when I was watching it for a second, I was like, wait, huh? And then I went, yeah. oh, OK, no, we're back to single. OK, that makes sense. But I was confused at that moment. And I did think that because of her choices, because they start changing a little bit. And I was yeah. like, hmm, like she's starting to view herself the way she views her mom, the way she views her husband kind of thing. Or she's lingering. I thought maybe because she's maybe weighing her options that she. And, yes, that whether way. to leave or not. Yes, it's it's I think it was a lot of those things. It was the cho- choosing of whether I can leave or not. And also, I think almost being tempted by the bad behavior of people in the multicam world, you know, like she was sort of being tempted of like, I could, I could become a Kevin, essentially, you know, like I could do bad things for my own benefit, and not really care how it affects other people. And she only she thinks about it for a second, and then, you know decides against it but and it's interesting too because it almost shows you any of us could be a kevin right or totally. some of us totally. might be a kevin like you know like there's so many things there that you might learn and you go oh like you know maybe i shouldn't yeah. do that or it's that easy to slip into i've had a lot a lot of friends especially of like an older generation who've watched the show and been like i don't think kevin's that bad and i'm like you might be a kevin you know <laughs> if you if you're watching his behavior and thinking like this guy seems pretty good to me then like, you know, you may want to look in the mirror. What are you hoping fans get out of it, especially with the finale looming? And then also, are we going to see you in every single thing after this? Yeah, I I hope that people at the end of the series feel a good sense of conclusion and a good sense of, you know, I think our show really was driving towards something, whether you knew what that was or not. You know, I've seen some people be like, well, what's the like main idea of the show? I get it, but like, what's the main idea of it? And I think that when you get to the end, you will have an answer to that question. And I, I hope that people take their own behaviors and their own television viewing experiences just with a, maybe a slightly different and better perspective. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't laugh at things. It doesn't mean that like jokes, you know, because a joke is sort of always at someone's expense, right? The reason that something is funny is always because it's unexpected and something is like, oh, I didn't expect that. Whether it's the teller or somebody they're talking about or a situation or whatever. And so I don't think that the the idea of the show is to like kill sitcoms and to kill comedy. I think the idea is it's just trying to say, hey, maybe we can write 
shows that are more inclusive and are more have a broader perspective and don't just go from the you know classic dumb buffoonish husband's point of view and actually see what all these different people are going through because all these different people can be funny as seen in our show Mm -hmm. um so i hope that that's what people take from it and in regards to like what you'll see me in next Mm -hmm. um i do have an apple tv show coming out uh (laughs) called high desert uh stars patricia arquette uh and i'm in uh, most of that show that i'm not sure when it's coming out yet because it hasn't totally been announced it's like been in the trades that it was happening but they don't got, know yeah we've gotten it. some stuff about it but i'm excited yeah. for you yeah yeah and that's a really cool show i'm very very proud of it i play a really fun character on that show too so um yeah hopefully you'll you'll see me in that and then hopefully more to come <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed listening to Eric Peterson talk about his character, Kevin, and what fans can expect on this final season of Kevin Can F Himself. Make sure to check it out. It's streaming live now on AMC. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're updated on all of our latest podcasts and head over to our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe so you're updated on all of our video content. Uh-huh.